Hi, hello. My name is Maris Macellis, and welcome to my show, Critical Root Zone, where we dig deep with inquiring minds to get to the root of sustainability, going below the surface to rebuild trust while supporting all voices on our journey to a climate-positive planet. For the following series, we'll be taking a look at my friendship with Kristen Westerbeck, a shining example of sheer passion and willpower to make a difference in this world. This woman is my dear friend and an inspiration, and she has conquered so much already. She's been in Nashville for 14 years. She worked as marketing director for a co-founded female craft brewery in Nashville and helped implement a zero waste program in the production and taproom spaces. And then she decided it was time to go back to school to learn more. She pivoted to get her MBA at Vanderbilt, focusing in on operations and sustainability. And this past summer, Kristen worked as a global operations intern at Nike. And she plans to join them full time in Portland, Oregon this August. Kristen spends her free time gaining as many new perspectives as possible while often traveling or trail running. Welcome to the Critical Root Zone. My name is Maris, here with Kristen Westerbeck, and we have gotten deeper into the roots, y'all. We are. We We're are here. We're getting down in there. It's uh, episode three of our series. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at her and laugh because she's great, and I love her. Um, this is Kristen. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, she is a B-A-M-F. And she's uh, doing real big things, especially in sustainability, which is why we're all here to get to the root of sustainability. And we talked about her position or not position, but your your journey to get to Nike. And mm -hmm. that's coming up this August. Coming up. We're going back full time. So I had a 10 week internship this past summer and now going back full time to Portland, Oregon in August. And she's already done really good stuff for them. I mean, we don't have to go all the way into that because, you know. It's like secret, private, secret stuff. But I learned just by talking to you the other day about this scope one, two, and three thing. And when you mentioned to me the first time, I was like, what the heck is that? Right? Yeah. I felt kind of silly because I'm like, should I know what that means? <laughs> like, I like sustainability like you do. I don't know what scope one, two, and three is. But that's perfect because we need something to talk about. So yeah. we're going to talk about that. And um, I looked it up. I do, I do some homework. I'm not really the best at preparing. Sometimes I just like to flow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just make shit up. But uh, definitions of scope one and two and three, right? I'm just going to read a little bit from this national grid page that I'm on. I just Googled it, man. That's the craziest thing. You can just Google stuff and get the answers. It's wild. But so um, I'm just going to read a little bit, right? Um it's about emissions and scope one emissions are different from scope two emissions and scope three. And I'm going to stop talking because she's actually the, the, uh, the guru about it. Tell us more, Kristen. <laughs> All right. So scope, <laughs> scope one, two, and three emissions are the three different categories where the emissions fall within a company's value chain. So 
So scope one emissions are basically any emissions that are under the control of the organization from, you know, owned buildings, mm. um, owned cars, like those types of things. So anything that happens, any emissions that happen really within the company walls are scope one emissions. Okay. And then scope two emissions are any indirect emissions that are caused from the purchasing of, I, th I believe it's like energy, heat, I bet we could look it up here, energy, heat, mm -hmm. um, any, any kind of energy emissions that are created by transferring that energy to yeah, it's the like company electricity. to operate. Yeah, the generation of electricity that power that that we're powered yeah. by fall into this category. So that's an indirect emission. And then scope three is literally every other emission. So you think of you think of anything that happens outside of a company's walls. So you think of hmm. okay, so say if you are making a t-shirt. Um, and you purchase cotton to make this T-shirt, anything, any emissions that went into growing that cotton, creating that cotton, um, transporting it to you um, till it gets to your company walls, that's scope three. Yeah. And then you think of afterwards, after that T-shirt, it's now a T-shirt because you've made it, leaves your company walls, what are the emissions that are created by how long that T-shirt lasts, where it's disposed of, anything that really, um, you know, your consumer that is passed those emissions that are passed on to your consumer. Yeah. So the biggest takeaway between scope one, two, and three emissions are that scope three is such a wide umbrella. Like generally it's about 94 to 98% of a company's overall emissions, mm. but they're not currently logged. Yeah. So when you hear of a company talk about their emissions, a lot of times it falls within those first two categories. Right. But not the uh, scope three emissions. How interesting. Yeah, you and I were kind of talking about like reporting and stuff, like how yeah. if it's not metrics or measured against something that other people are measuring against, it doesn't yeah. really like have any clout, right? It's like I measured how many cans we threw out back. Yeah, I don't know. What am I trying to yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like you said it better than me. Yes. Yeah. So basically there's all these different ways that you can measure it in order to make it applicable to the outside world. So one of those, I guess, could be like the sustainable development goals, the SDGs, and you might recognize them. Um, they're like little colorful boxes that a lot of companies put on their sustainability reports, hmm. um, but it addresses like waste and water and energy use. Um, but if you, if you are not able to translate I guess what you're doing as a company to some sort of metric that is digestible um, beyond your company walls, then I don't, it's kind of, it's kind of greenwashing in a certain way, right? Because you're like, we're doing this over here, and we're like, well, well, where does that actually is, impact? Yeah, well, yeah what, what does that even mean? Well, okay, so are these reports public or like where? Yeah, where would one find a, a report of Nike's report, sustainability report? Yeah, so I do know that Nike, they actually just published their 2021 impact report. Okay. Um, but you just type in mm. Nike 2021. Let's do it right now. Yeah, I'm doing it. Um, it's called the impact report. Everybody kind of has a different report. So I definitely, for the company that you're looking for, just search their name, sustainability, and then report and see if anything really comes up. Um, but specifically with, there you go, fiscal year 21 impact report. First one? Yep, first one. And what this really does is it, it's really cool because Nike ties a lot of this report to specific um, frameworks that are available. But there's just so many different frameworks available in 
ESG, yeah. that is crazy. But just to know that this information is out there is really neat. Like, I, I mean, you know, in my free time, I'd like to read it all, but it's like... It's out there. That's the thing. It's out there. It's out there. And so, there's here, scroll down, scroll scrolling. down. I bet there's scrolling. a I bet there's like a download. Oh, here, scroll back up just real quick. It says got a link right there. Ah, I missed that. There we go. But what this is, is this is how many pages is this? I mean, probably a lot. <laughs> and it goes through it basically Learn more, learn more, learn more. And then here you can look that look at that section right there where it does that little list. So it talks oh. about, you know, the executive summary, um, the SASB summary, which SASB is a framework of sustainability that makes Nike's report applicable to the outside world. And then also those SDGs, sustainable development goals at the bottom wow. is another measurement tool um, that Nike really uses to make their report relatable. That's so neat. Relatable in the sense of just comparing against other companies. Yeah. And being able to see how Nike is comparing to other companies. So I think I, I haven't done a ton of research on Nike's competitors about where they're at. Mm -hmm. um, but specifically, Nike is pretty ad advanced as far as this impact report. There you go. There says colorful, sustainable development goals. Wow. Wow. So these One. are all the ones that Nike could be working on. I think... They, through their report, they go through and pick out certain ones mm -hmm. that, for example, let's see, there's a, there's um, one about affordable and clean energy. Yep. So, you this know. Is, this is like a B Corp. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. There's like, a B Corp is one of those frameworks. Yeah. So a B Corp is you have to pay to get audited and mm -hmm. they come in and they see all the different ways that you're creating emissions mm -hmm. or in every process, right? It's about, like you said jobs and the way that you treat the people and mm -hmm. it's like sustainability in every aspect yes and the scope one two and three is so interesting because scope one is just it's just inside the walls like it's just it's just so small of a picture and then you get a little bit wider like okay well you're still you're still emitting these carbon emissions through this kind of energy and whatnot yeah. but then taking into account where you source your materials from mm -hmm. you know where it goes afterwards, that is really the icing on the cake. That's yeah. the good stuff. That's where I get real nerdy. I'm nerding out right now. Yeah. But um, these goals, it, it looks like something I've seen in B Corp, which is uh, once you get B Corp certified, you've got the stamp, baby. You, yep. uh, you're doing something. You're doing it right. Yeah. So yeah. you should look up B Corp too. B Corp, B Corp, they'll probably have a list on there of all the different B Corp corporations. I think um, one of the most popular or widely known is Patagonia. Yeah. Because they do some good, good, good stuff. I think Athleta is on there as well. Yeah. Athleta's a B Corp. So Nike's not a B Corp though. No, not. They're saying not yet. Bar. I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure if it's a yet or not. Um, I think the the biggest takeaway that I actually took. Um, I'm going to shout out my Vanderbilt professor here, Jeff Gowdy. Yeah, um, yeah Jeff. He is one of the directors at SustainServe, um, mm -hmm. which is an environmental consulting group. Oh. Um, but basically, I took a class with him, which was the financial analysis of ESG, environmental social governance. And it was so fascinating because we really dived into, dove into a lot of these frameworks. And the biggest takeaway that I was concerned with is, Every framework has a purpose, but there's no universal framework. So there's some c companies that choose to uh, follow SASB. There's some that choose to follow SDGs. There's some that really work yeah. on becoming a B Corp, and that's how they measure their sustainability goals. Right. Um, but 
you look at any company and there's not a universal one that people go to. So I think that is another place where our reporting system is lacking is that there is not kind of this catch-all one that works for every company, which makes it different across industries. And I think, you know, specifically Nike uses multiple frameworks to kind of analyze their impact report. Um, but I wish there were just one. Yeah. They give you all the options. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I bet being, I bet a, a B Corp, on, that would be an undertaking for Nike, right? Like, because it's just so big. It's just so big. So they would have to really, they'd have to go in. That would take so long, I think. Yeah. But they're, they're doing it themselves. That's the thing is they're yeah. giving them their own stamp of sustainability. But what you're saying makes sense because if there's not just one le- le- levels or, you know, that we're comparing it against for everybody, then yeah. it's kind of a free for all. But yeah. But nonetheless, everyone's doing something good. Uh, yeah. Whoever is following a framework of some sort, uh, they're definitely trying a lot harder than somebody that's like, we recycled, I don't know, uh, we recycled <laughs> we recycled 100,000 bottles. And Yay. you're like, but you put out, but if you put out 100,000 a minute. Yeah. No. Come on. Like, you know, come Boo. on. Uh, like, Yay. Oh. <laughs> so, I, so I think, and I think too that, that Nike is such a unique company that uh, they're stretching into, you know, footwear and apparel. Mm. Um, maybe they, I'm not sure why they have not done a B Corp, but maybe they looked at that framework and they're like, this doesn't encompass everything we want to measure. Totally. So it could be the other result as well. Totally, darling. Well, scope one, two, and three, you know, what what, what I want to talk about, what, that I think is important in general, just to like have that perspective. Like, okay, the product is made, and there's so many steps. Some I'm gonna do a local plug too. The Good yeah. Phil, Megan Gill, yes. the Good Phil in Nashville. She is a wizard, and she makes sure everything that she gets, she knows where it comes from, how it was made, what is it packaged in, and man, she, yeah, she's brilliant. And th- and that makes a difference. It's so much work. And like, how do you market that too? But that's the future, right? Because yeah. because scope three, right? How is Nike? I mean, first thing comes to my mind, I want to talk about them before we before we get off this episode is your shoes, the shoes, the moon shoes are they the moon shoes. What are they called? The moon shoes, the moon shoes. Oh, the craters, the craters. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was flashing back to the 90s where you actually had the moon boots. Oh, yeah. And you're no. like, feel like you're walking on. Yeah. Anyway, she has a pair of um, I got them on right now. I could pull them up. Yeah. I mean, the camera. Go ahead, take them off. No, into the should yeah, I, yeah, uh, take them off. To, oh, yeah. Should I t- Take them off. Let me see those. We're really taking off the They're shoe. actually, I mean, these aren't even the ones that I, you know. Oh, you, yeah, you got a camera. You can show your okay. camera. Okay, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so what's what's made, this is a sustainable product, right? Yes, like, okay, so these bases, these bases are made up of uh, 20% recycled material, which uh, I believe these are ground up shoes. Well, these are ground up shoes that are, sorry, I just bumped the mic That's there. Okay. Um, ground up shoes that are, <laughs> used as fillers for the soles of these shoes. Heck yeah. Um, so right now it's at 20%. Uh, there's that logo you saw on Let me see. the website. It's basically just In a the bunch shoe? of Nike. In the shoe? Yeah, that's oh, their Move cool. to Zero. Move to Zero logo. Love that. Um, but yeah, it's this whole new line called Flyknit. Mm-hmm. Like flying and then knitting. Flyknit. Mm-hmm. Flyknit um, that takes into account um, a certain percentage of sustainable materials within the production of the shoe. Very cool. Um, so, so that one's 20 yeah, this one's 20%, 20% recycled materials. Hopefully it continues going further. And um, it's grounded up shoe. Ground up shoe in and the bottom of my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you know, um, I like, I mean, 
knowing what it is too, because I, I'll see, yeah. you know, I looked on Adidas site and they're like, or who was, it was like New Balance or someone, um, the Green Leaf, I think it was New Balance. And they say sustainable materials or like better materials for the environment. Yeah. That's where it's kind of like, I'm like, well, what, what is it though? Like, what are the materials, you know, yeah. like, tell me about those. But, um, that's just something that we all have to be more aware of is just because it says that. Yeah doesn't necessarily mean it's true or like what their definition of it is doesn't yeah. mean that it's actually doing good in the environment. Um, yeah. And I, w- I would say to that point as well, like a company can say that they're a sustainable company and still only monitor those scope one emissions. Right. So I think one of the, you know, one of the things we talked about was Nike's refurbishment program. They have uh certain stores where you can actually bring in like old Nike shoes and put it in their store. And that's kind of what makes it into, um, these craters. It also makes it into like gym mats and Mm. that they outfit gyms with. So I do think that if a company is starting to address those scope three about what happens at the end of life of product, um, the good stuff, if they say they're sustainable, they have some actions to back it up as well, man. That's the plug right there. Can you, can we bring any shoes? Can we bring out like That's they a have good to be question. Nike shoes? I don't know. Um, I hope it's any shoes. Well, you know what? Just show up. And bring we'll go- shoes. We're gonna we're gonna Google that. <laughs> or maybe sneakers. <laughs> hey, in the next episode, I'm gonna let you know whether you can bring all your shoes or just Nike shoes. But um, stay tuned for that. Uh, we're gonna tie it all in together. Um, just uh, set episode one, two, and three really tie all the things together that we learned and what you can do and why Kristen's amazing. We already know that. Um, And, of course, if you want to write me an email, it's criticalrootzone at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Share your stories. Share your thoughts. And uh, just remember, guys, that together we can do Do anything. anything. Yeah. Give me another one. one. Boom. I'm going to put my shoe back on. Yeah, put your shoe on. to Critical Root Zone. If you'd like to reach out, email us at criticalrootzone at gmail.com. Critical Root Zone is produced in Nashville, Tennessee, copyright 2022.